It's March 12, 2021. I'm Panya In, and welcome to The Beat, a new version of The Beat, one that focuses on profiles and human interest stories. And boy, do we have a profile for you today. You may know Lindsay Fritz, a Fordham Lincoln Center junior, for her appearances on television and for her Instagram posts. Well, what you may not know is who Lindsay Fritz actually is as a person. And when she sat down with me this week, she revealed a little bit of who that person is. Fresh after her 48 miles and 48 hours charity challenge, here is Lindsay Fritz. As the first person back on campus at Fordham University this semester, Lindsay Fritz did not realize that as an RA who is supposed to be enforcing COVID-19 restrictions and rules, she herself would in fact be the first person to quarantine at Fordham Lincoln Center. She described it to me as grueling and challenging. There is no fear. She is doing much better right now and she is hot off of some major achievements. Well, I'm glad you're doing so much better. Um, and a lot of people would describe you as um, someone who is a go-getter, who someone who um, knows what they want to do um, and just does it. Yeah. Um, do you agree with that statement? Yes, I came out of the womb uh, ready to go after my goals and I still every day am working towards a new goal, whether that be for the day, for the week, for the month, for the year, I'm, my mind is like revolved around goals. And the biggest goal that you uh, had recently was your 48 and under 48 challenge, 48 miles and under 48 hours. Where did all of that come about? Walk me through the process. I, what crazy 20 year old wants to do that for fun? I don't know. No, <laughs> no. again, Right when I got out of quarantine in the fall, I got out and I was like, wait, you know, I need a therapist and not just, or I need therapy, not just any type of therapy. And my parents were like, what? I'm like, I need to jump out of a plane. I need to go skydiving. Like <laughs> that was my version of therapy. So I did that and it helped me tremendously. Like I let everything go. For some reason, skydiving to me is like a, a stress reliever. What? Some may seem as crazy. So I did the skydiving and I was kind of like back in my Lindsay go-getter groove. And I woke up one day and I was still on this like high from that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm back and I want to run 40 miles in 48 hours. This was October. So again, woke up out of the blue, wanted a challenge. My friends had showed me this challenge and was like, oh, look at this guy that did it. I'm like, I want to be, I want to do it. Like, I'm going to do it. So I literally did not train for it at all. I did it back in October. Oof, it was, it was painful. I mean, you're running in the middle of the night when it's pitch black out. Uh, never mind in the New York City streets. I'm like, am I going to see myself on the Citizen app? <laughs> but I made it through then in October. So, you know, I was grateful for that. That time I raised money for Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. And that was just a very... I think that's what motivated me to keep going even when I was ready to give up. And then since that run, whenever I do something once, I'm always trying to better myself to do it again. So since then I trained, you know, I've been working out every day. I had a trainer over break and I just, I really think I've become tougher physically and mentally, 
So I'm like, I'm ready to tackle this again. So one of my heroes in life is David Goggins. He's a former Navy SEAL. He uh, wrote a book called Can't Hurt Me, just an incredibly inspiring guy. So he created this challenge, the four by four by 48. And he was doing a worldwide challenge this weekend, this past weekend. So that's why I decided to do it again this past weekend, even amidst midterms and friends' birthdays and just craziness in life. This was probably the worst weekend to do it, but hey, the best things come at the worst time. So I, I was like, I'm going to do it again. And so, you know, David did it as well. I did it and 40,000 other people across the world did it. So it was definitely um, even more inspiring this time to have so many people come together for one run. What did you learn from the first uh, 4 by 4 by 48 that you took to this particular uh, one you did this past weekend? I think the first time I learned that it's such a mind game and it's such a mind over matter challenge. Yes, 40 miles, insanity on your body. I mean, you're going to be in pain for days. I'm still recovering. I'm still exhausted. But I think the biggest thing is your mind. Like in anything you do in life, like your body may tell you no, but it's your mind that really makes the ultimate decision. If your mind says no, then forget about it. Like it's over. But if you keep training your mind to be like, I can do this. I can do this. I have to keep going. I'm only at mile 40. I still have eight more, you know, for you to train your mind to be tough and push through is the biggest thing I learned. Like I did not get through that first challenge because I was in the best shape or because I could do it physically. I did it because of my mind. And so that's what I took with me this time. And it definitely helped. You mentioned that you were running alongside 40,000 other people, yes. but of course uh, it was very asynchronous. All of you weren't together. Did you feel alone uh, in those 48 hours or did you somehow feel connected with those 40,000 other people across the country or across the world? I love that question. Um, I definitely felt more connected than before. And I think that is because we were all, you know, I think our world is so divided right now, so many different things going on. And I think this was just one weekend where so many people to think about all the people coming together, like really meant something to me. And this time I ran for uh, Lady Gaga's Born This Way Foundation. And just thinking about all the people that that foundation has impacted and even saved their lives and just how I can, you know, apply their mentality into my life and all the people I know, you know, myself, everyone has struggled with mental health and it's an ongoing battle and their foundation really, you know, stands to advocate for that. So I think it really, every single mile, I kind of like thought about that and those intentions like really drove me even when I wanted to give up, you know, because my mind again was thinking about those intentions and it's what kept me going and felt helped me feel connected to all those people, whether they were doing the challenge or whether they have been struggling with mental health or whether they're part of the Born This Way Foundation, I definitely felt more connected than ever. You said that uh, you felt inspired by the Born This Way Foundation, the charity that you ran for. Um, what were some of the things that 
you took with you from both the first uh, Cancer Research Foundation that you ran for and now the Born This Way Foundation, um, what were some of the things uh, that sort of inspired you to keep running, um, especially I would say like during the halfway point or like deep into um, your 48 miles aside from uh, them being courageous and, and brave? Mm-hmm. I think what helped me was knowing like firsthand real stories and real people that have really had their lives changed by those organizations. Like I know I've spent a lot of time at Memorial Sloan Kettering for family and family friends and, you know, being by their side. So I think putting like a cause to fate, a face and a story to me means more than anything. I think whenever you hear something in life, whether that be on TV or even when COVID hit, you know, like you hear about this idea and this concept, but then when you know someone that's been impacted by it, it it really becomes real and hits home for you. And I think both of those organizations hit home for me in different capacities with different stories and different people, but still like I thought about them when I was running and I also thought about them when I wanted to give up because they, they didn't give up. They didn't have a chance to give up and they taught me to keep going. And if they could do it, I knew that I, I could do it for them. Did you have any reservations going into this, especially your first time around? Because you did say, you know, what 20 year old wants to run 48 miles in less than two days? I think my reservations were this kind of outside factor that like, I wouldn't be able to finish like something would happen to me maybe I would get injured or you know I don't know something would happen to me while I was running in the middle of the night god forbid but that those are my I wouldn't say reservations but they were maybe you know possible things that could go wrong but I just this is bad I didn't really think about that I I do I was just like I need to do this like I want to do this when I say I want to do something I'm gonna do it like no questions asked so I think And I think a lot of other people maybe thought, oh, no way, like she could do this. But hey, when people tell me no or think that, oh, maybe it's a stretch or something. Oh, that is my biggest like fuel to my fire. When someone tells me I can't do something, not that I need to care about, you know, what the other person thinks. Like I'm doing this from obviously for the foundations, but also for me. But like when someone says that, I'm like even more motivated, like no way. Like if I'm gonna, if I say I'm gonna do something, I am doing it. So then, tell me about the process of running. You started at Fordham Lincoln Center, yes, um, and you went to Connecticut. Am I right? Okay, so yes, the first one I did all around New York. You know, I was just testing out the waters, but this time I wanted to like change it up. And my mom is actually just as crazy as me, and she suggested like, Lindsay, you've already done it in New York. Like, what if we? went to like a few different states and he ran in like different areas. I'm like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. So yes, I started in New York City and then she picked me up and we went to New Jersey. And then I ran kind of along the New York, New Jersey border for a while. Uh, went along the water, saw the city skyline. And then we went to Connecticut where I grew up and I ran actually, by the time we got there was like the, the phases of my night running. So I was running in a hotel parking lot for like hours. Like <laughs> it was, I had like in a track. Circles? 
uh, in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but in, in circles, yeah, yeah, in a parking lot. So it was a pretty big parking lot, but I, I would say I did like 50 laps. Like it was nuts. And I had like this traffic vest on and I'm pretty sure, I mean, it was like midnight. So the hotel employees were like, what are they doing? Because <laughs> my mom was like, you know, making sure I was okay. But I was just like, Whoa they definitely thought we were crazy but yeah so the hotel parking lot was definitely a, a mind game I mean I I was like really a hotel parking lot but hey got the job done got what I needed to do and then the next day we or we woke up that day and went to Massachusetts uh basketball hall of fame my family's a big sports family I basically like grew up with sports so that was you know pretty inspiring and ran around Springfield, Massachusetts. Then uh, my favorite place out of all the places I ran, I'm a big beach girl. Uh, we went to Old Seabrook, Connecticut, which is like the shoreline. Oh, that's like my favorite place in the world. And I, I just like ran my heart out there. Like that was where I really was like, um, like I do not like running, but that, that, made, me like, that made me like running. Did you feel free at the beach? You felt oh. like you were floating on wings or yes. had wings? Oh. Yeah. And there was water on like both sides of me. And I, that place has already like been home to me, but then to like do the run there was even more like meaningful. And then I had to get back to New York because I had midterms and I had a lot of things going on. So I finished it all here. What were some of the highlights of sort of that um, leg trip? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the beach, but what were some other highlights uh, that you had? I think being with my mom was also another huge highlight. Like she is my biggest supporter alongside my dad. And even when I have these absurd ideas, my parents are always, you know, at first they're like, what, you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. And then they go, they go along with it. And they're like, whoa, like you are crazy, but this is awesome. So just the fact that I had her support like every step of the way and she was watching me. So, I mean, when you're alone, like sometimes, you know, maybe you'll get tired and start walking, but my mom was an athlete herself. So there was no like, you know, like she would watch me and I'm like, ah, like gotta keep going, you know? Uh, so it was just so nice to be with her. And, you know, she inspired me as well. And she would even drive the car sometimes alongside me running and I'd be like, I have to beat the car, you know, it, it pushed me. So I'm so grateful for her support. And also the last like four miles, my best friends ran with me and that like meant a lot to me as well. You know, they're always supporting my crazy endeavors too. And to have me, them give me that last push, literally I was exhausted, I was in pain, but again, and my best friends are all guys. So I, I felt, I was like, oh, I can't, I gotta be tough. You know, I, I can't, I, I gotta show them, come on. And they already know I'm nuts, but I really, they push me to finish strong and finish at the end. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's really about the people that you surround yourself with. So my family and friends are honestly what got me through as well. So let's talk about that last leg in, in New York. How is it running in those New York City streets? Well, we did it in Central Park and Sunday was a beautiful day. So Central Park was nuts. So everywhere we turned, there were people, there were strollers coming, you know, balls being thrown around. Like it was just nuts. And the four of us had never really like run together before. So we were all trying to gauge each other's paces. And here I had 44 miles under my belt. Like I was exhausted and they were like 
fresh ready to go so i'm like all right guys we're on two different pages right now you know you can go run a marathon i i can i can barely do like a mile right now but they, they were like come on come on and they started like saying david goggins quotes and i was like gotta do it for him and they, they were telling me that you know they were all into the pace of the the miles and like come on we need to get this pace or you know, come on. And I, I was like, it's not about the pace. I just want to finish. And they, but they, they pushed me to like finish, not only finish, but also, you know, hit some crazy times that I did not think I'd be hitting on the last four miles. So I, I'm so grateful that they were with me at the end there. So you have the charities, you have your family, you have your friends um, motivating you, but you also just said right now, um, your friends were yelling out um, quotes from uh, David Goggin. Am I, yes. am I right in saying yes. that? So w- which quote, if you could pick, um, was the one that, you know, made you, t- made you turn into a slingshot? I would say, hmm, okay, one, at one point, my friend, we, we say this a lot around like each other, but it's like, who's going to carry the logs. And that's like a quote, uh, David Goggins said, like, and there's pictures of him, like holding these logs. And whenever someone says that to me, I don't know why, but it just like, it lights a switch on me. Like I'm going to carry the logs, you know? And whenever, literally, whenever someone says that to me, I just amp up my game, no matter what I'm doing. Like we were having a snowball fight one time and someone said, who's going to carry the logs? And I, I just went nuts. I was like, I am. And I just threw all the snowball, you know, but when I was doing this run, I remember we were going up kind of like a hill. And my buddy said that to me and I was like, I'm going to carry the And I ran faster up that hill than I like think I've ever run up a hill because it just, it empowers me. And you know, especially being a 20 year old female trying to do this race, not real, not a runner, should I say. And I, I was like, I'm doing this, like, I, and I, I'm, I'm going to carry the logs. Why that specific quote? It, it, coming from someone who's like an outsider, it's like mm-hmm. carrying logs. Yes. So what does it mean to you? To me, it is like, who, who's going to like pick up this weight? Like, who's going to get this task done? Who's going to go beyond and you know I see these logs to me I interpreted the quote as like these logs as some like extreme you know object some extreme burden that I'm gonna carry with me and like no matter how tough it is or no matter what obstacles I face like I'm gonna carry these logs and get them you know where I need to get them so for me it's like you know, I'm on my 40, you know, last leg of my 48 miles, I'm in pain, I'm exhausted, I'm running up a hill, I'm, you know, running around for people I love and care about. And I'm going to carry those logs, like I, I could easily drop them, I could easily make someone else carry them, I could easily just start walking. But no, I'm going to finish this, and I'm going to finish it strong. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do you hope comes out um, after uh, or it is after. So what do you hope comes out um, of this challenge that you've done? I think I, you know, I'm just an ever evolving, you know, learning life person, as I said, building my life resume. And I think, again, there were just so many lessons I learned doing this a second time as much as I learned the first time. Different lessons, of course, but, you know, I, I learned a lot from it. And I'm grateful to have surpassed my goal in raising money for the Born This Way Foundation and 
just on top of that, running for something so impactful and meaningful to me was just the most important thing, you know, no matter what the outcome was or no matter how much money I raised, even though that was nice, I'm just glad I, you know, crossed that finish line and was able to complete the challenge. Is there a philosophy by which you live? Yes. I would say um, in, when I was leaving high school, I, I was like, obs- this is a weird word to use. I was obsessed with my high school. Like I was so involved. I loved like all my friends there and just the school itself. Like I would stay till like nine o'clock at night. Like I was I crazy. both of us. <laughs> yeah. You, I know you could feel me on this. Like just loved high school and not that. I didn't think that there was like a life after high school like that. That's ridiculous. Um, but there was just a sense of like, will I, you know, have the same amazing experience in college, which I definitely ended up having, having, but I mean, there's always this, this fear, I guess. And not only the fear of like loving it as much, but the fear of like, I would say peaking. I think, I know that's crazy, but that's like my biggest fear. Like I, so my quote in life is called NTP. I have signs all over my room that say it. I have a ring that say it. Like, I'm just, I love that. Those three letters, NTP, and they stand for not the peak. So whenever, you know, even when I do some crazy things or, you know, win anything or get a good grade in school, it's like NTP, like not the peak. Like this is one part of my chapter and one, you know, slice of my life pizza, as I like to call it. So there's, I think there's always more work to be done on yourself and just so many more lessons to learn. So, you know, even after this challenge, like, yeah, it's, it's insane. And doing it twice is crazy, but hey, not the peak. Like this is not, this is just a part of my journey. Like there are way more, so many more things to come and so many more things I have to learn and things I have to work on myself. Do you see your life um, as a constant climb up a mountain or do you see it as a mountain range where you reach a point, you're back down, you reach another point and you're back down? Wow, that question. You you were meant to be in journalism. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think you're just constantly, oh, wow, that, that was good. I, honestly, I think it's the first one because I don't think there's ever like a top point. Like, I think there's just always more work to be done, like, and just more room for improvement. Like no one is perfect. No one. And I think no matter what aspect of your life you're trying to work on, like, there's just always something, something to learn, something to be inspired by. And yeah, I think there's, and there will never be that tip. Like I'm never going to be not satisfied, but yeah, I'm never going to reach that top point and be like, now I can just stop. Like, no, I want to be like 90 year old in the nursing home, Lindsay dancing around and be like NTP, like not the peak until the day I die. Your parents, you said, uh, described you as crazy. Would you describe yourself as crazy? (laughs) Yes, I definitely would. And (laughs) I and think do your so. friends describe yourself oh, as crazy yes but they always say like I'm a good crazy like <laughs> um I I don't know about that no uh I think I like to see it as like who's the craziest person you know and like to be honest there are people that match my level of like energy but I definitely have this like insane mentality that I've never like met 
met anyone that has maybe david goggins if i met him he i feel like he's the one to like keep having this ntp mindset but yes i'm i'm crazy but hey the first step is admitting it right <laughs> you also uh, said earlier that your major is in life and you want to continue working your life's uh yes. transcript so if that is the case um what is the name of the course uh, that is the four by four by 48 challenge? What would you name that class? Oof. Okay, I would use uh, another like quote, I guess, from D David Goggins, and it would be called like, callous your mind, because he, you know, calluses are usually on your hands, but he says callous your mind because he think he really you know emphasizes the importance of like mental toughness so this challenge again like I have already stated is about mental toughness so I think it would be called callous your mind because this challenge is about your mind and you are callousing it because you're going to become way stronger than you did when you started and what is the next class that Lindsay Fritz will take in this major of life Ooh. You know, I, I or did registration even start for you yet? Oh, are you kidding? Like <laughs> I was in the middle of running and I was already thinking about how am I going to challenge myself next? But I actually, I think after this challenge, after a lot of the past few things that I've done, my like best friends have taught me something and it's that I need to like, I, this is something I'm working on. And I admit that I kind of have a problem with it is like, I need to kind of enjoy what I just did and like be proud of it. I, I'm somebody that not really, I don't really get proud of myself, which is, I mean, good and bad. It's, I guess it's a good mentality that I'm always like, not the peak, like always more to go. But at the same time, I definitely have seen it in my friends too. You know, they're, they're the closest. They know me sometimes better than they know myself. And they've seen it take a toll on me. Like I am never, I never sit there after I do something crazy and like, I'm proud of myself or like, I'm just going to let this sit for a few days, a few weeks and just be like, whoa, like I just did that because my mind is always going to like, what's next? What's next? What's going to, what am I going to do to challenge myself instead? You know, after this, I'm trying to like, actually be like, reflect on it. What did I learn? You know, I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to finish, but of course, my mind is always going towards the next thing. But for this week in particular, I, I'm really trying to listen to what my friends have like taught me and actually be proud of it and just kind of enjoy the moment. Would you say that they're telling you, Lindsay, don't burn out? Like, do not burn out. Yeah, um, I have definitely almost, I think last year on the vert, when we were about to go into quarantine, I if if quarantine didn't happen last year, I, I think I would have burnt out. I think wow. I was like really on the verge of it. Just the amount of what I was doing for school, internships, life, RAing, challenges, you know, I just, I set like this crazy standard for myself that is just like not human. And I think that quarantine actually, like a year, a year ago this week when it started, like really just changed who I was and just you know, made me like sit back a little and kind of chill out. And I think that was a really good thing for me. Yes, I'm always going to have this, this challenging, you know, mindset. But 
I think they, they have seen me almost burned out, but at the same time, they also just want me to be proud of myself because that's just, I should be, but I'm, I'm not, I, I'm really not. So I need to work on that. And I'm just, in order to do that, I'm just going to try to enjoy the moment without getting too ahead of myself. So you learned more about yourself. You said you've changed. So finish the sentence for me. Lindsay Fritz is. Lindsay Fritz is a, a, a pizza. I, I'm a pizza of life. Um, I've, I've had this mentality forever, but I wrote one of my essays for college about life being a pizza and how I'm so many slices, you know, I'm not just a student. I'm not just someone who is going after their career. Um, I'm a daughter. I'm a friend. I, I have so many, we all have so many pizzas, pieces of our life pizza. And I think sometimes I just need to like be proud of that pizza, be proud of the toppings I've already added. And yes, I'm, I'm going to add so many more and there's so many uh, more things I'm going to do in life, but just be like, whoa, look at the pizza that's already in the oven, you know? And yeah, I, I'm a pizza. So I'm not just one thing. I'm not just a girl that wants to be on TV. Like I'm so many more things. A supreme piece of pizza that will continue to add on more toppings. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Want a pizza this? <laughs> <laughs>